0: Hey! Hey! What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh! Good morning or afternoon. I don't know when you're listening to this. This is another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswalt. I'm
1: Meredith Salinger.
0: Oh, we have so much to talk about today, I hope.
1: Um <laughs> we do. <laughs> but it's a beautiful day out today.
0: It's actually really nice. It's I was gorgeous, gorgeous and
1: warm and lovely and it feels like we've been in uh winter or something. It's been raining and
0: It feels like we've been in uh, uh London. Spy novel London, that's how I would describe the weather we've had. Here's the thing,
1: it's a little bit unfair of us to say we've been in spy novel London when we live in California and our version of horrible weather is is like, oh, it's a little dreary, it's drizzling. It
0: was 51 degrees yesterday.
1: And by the way, there was a huge windstorm last night and it destroyed everything Our outdoor umbrella fell over.
0: It knocked over our umbrella. That's all that happened. It literally destroyed nothing. It was our umbrella fell over.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the joke.
0: (laughs) But you were acting like, oh, my God.
1: Well, one of my friends was like, we need to cancel dinner. It's just too windy outside. Because, you know, everybody eats dinner outside because we're all trying to be good Mm -hmm. still with COVID. But, um... She's like, we have to cancel because where they live, it really was super it, windy. Yeah,
0: where they were living, it was...
1: But it was windy here and our umbrella yeah. fell over. And so we took a picture and said, we will rebuild.
0: Yes. I tried to uh, go on a hike yesterday and I did it, but there were moments during the hike and where you, you could thought see... you'd be blown away. No, just that suddenly a big, big mass of dust and leaves would just get whipped yes. up off the ground and all the other hikers, you could see us all trying to cover our mouths and how do we survive this it's like we're just you're just you're hiking when it's windy yeah just calm down
1: oh just a tip for the general public um because we were saying we were eating dinners outside because of covid Uh do you know that you could go to covidtest.gov and they will send your home uh tests for free like um and rapid tests for free
0: oh so if you haven't done it go do it but it's
1: only um per household so it's not like you and your roommate or you and your wife can do it. You have only one person per household and then they send like four.
0: And they each have uh, your favorite cheers characters on them. So that's really (laughs) exciting. We got uh, the whole Rhea Perlman set and we were very excited.
1: Yeah. So this week. Yes. I texted you a picture of me and my dad, but he wasn't in his dentist clothes. No. But you knew that I went to the dentist because remember everybody, I was saying that my dad just retired and I had to go to the dentist and this is going to be my first dental appointment with the new dentist Without your I, dad. Without my dad. And so um, I was there. I was in the chair with the new dentist, and she was incredibly kind. And well. I just kept saying to her, I hope I don't burst into tears because <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm, oh, you know, sentimental about my dad. He's been my only dentist since I've been a baby. Sure. Um, but much to everybody's surprise, he showed up to surprise me and his whole oh. office. And it was so special mm-hmm. to see all the people who were so happy to see him. And just to have, my dad took me to lunch afterward and we were sort of talking and I looked at him and I said, aren't you proud of yourself to have been a dentist for all these years, your own practice for 50 years, and you employed all these people who love you and admire you and respect you still. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm just happy that he said, yes, of course. Yeah. But he was saying, like, I'm happy I had a very integrity-filled practice. Like, he never overcharged people. He never gave procedures that didn't need to be done. Mm-hmm. People loved him. They respected him. He had the same patients for billions of years. They all recommended people to him. And just to have a practice for that many years, it's pretty remarkable to have all the people who work for you just love you and still want to be around you. And as a boss, like, that's pretty special.
0: And he never had any, like, problem employees or any weird... they always really good?
1: Everybody was just... He always had great people. But the thing about his people is they all just admired him and respected him and loved working for him. And I think there are so many people who are like, ugh, my boss, or, mm-hmm. you know... I, I just think it's pretty remarkable to have a career like that.
0: I was thinking about him the other day because uh, there was an incident at a school board meeting in my uh, home state of Virginia, where a mom said that they were talking about mask protocols and blah blah blah, and she said if my kids have to go to school masked, I will show up with all my guns. They will be loaded. She I basically saw threw that. yeah, and so she's very anti-mask. I assume anti-vax. And she's a dental hygienist. She's an assistant in a dental office.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So, uh, I just was wondering because especially- You didn't
1: brush your teeth and brings well, out her guns.
0: More, or even worse, um, you know, you don't actually need to floss. Like, all the brushing. Oh, my God. That's like Could a you government- imagine? Conspir- like quietly <laughs> saying, telling all the- like like undoing everything that the boss is doing in the dental office well like, just practicing proper health care the whole the whole toothbrushing thing that's just big state stuff you don't <laughs> need to actually do that it's a they're just trying yeah to, you know, i like, saw that so I, that that really made me think like oh has her has meredith's dad ever had to deal with a weird employee i also remember one time i went to my optometrist very wonderful woman and she had a really cool assistant, this kind of middle-aged, very sweet, sort of dowdy looking woman, not not like a radical looking crazy person in a nice sweater. And we, um, I was doing that eye test where you're supposed to look at the green dot and they go, when the green dot comes into focus, let it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I, as a joke, I said, is the green dot supposed to turn into a, like a laughing devil face that points at you? And <laughs> And then she said, well, that's my lord and master.
1: Oh dear God! And I was like, Oh, that's oh. kind of funny. She's being funny, right?
0: I don't know. Was she goth? No, I think she was either a practicing Wiccan or a Satanist or something. Like that. <laughs> oh, really? But then it made. So first I was like, "Oh wait!" But then I was like, "Although, wouldn't you want a Satanist as an optometrist?" Because what you're saying is, God has failed in this one area of your eyesight, and I. A servant of Satan need to step in and give you corrective lenses. It's such a rebuke to God that wouldn't you want a Satanist as your well, optometrist because well, they wait. would they would improve your eyesight out of spite to make your eyesight even better. To, oh,
1: like God was the one who ruined God your eyesight. messed this up. So wait, I'm I'm working for Satan. I had I'm gonna... to
0: show up and uh, help you out here, you know. Oh. And we we really did a good job, didn't we?
1: Huh. So all medical procedures. Are an affront to God. <laughs> all medical, I
0: think all medical uh, professionals should be practicing Satanists. It would actually make things way better because they would be doing it as a rebuke to the Almighty.
1: Or, or might I suggest an alternate what? opinion Yeah. that <laughs> when you have uh, medical needs, <laughs> that perhaps Satan was the one who came in and struck <laughs> you with those. And then That's true. medical professionals who want the world to be harmonious and full of love and peace are the ones who step in and try to fix your
0: situation. True, but if Satan made these things come up for you and his servants are in the medical profession, then he's just drumming up business for him. He's <laughs> you know, he's trying to keep them working. It's I'm beautiful. I'm trying to think
1: of, my whole life, I always love to play the what if game. I'm like, well, what if Satan? Oh, well, absolutely. What if this? And, that's, that's, well,
0: that's what we do. Right, that's yeah. what we do.
1: But, but kids do that, oh, right? Yeah. But as you get older, like, I just know, my sister is very practical, and mm-hmm. I just know that if she was listening to this conversation, she'd be like, you guys are grown adults. Why are you playing this "what if Satan" game? <laughs> uh, <laughs> she would be laughing at us right now.
0: I will always play the "what if" game.
1: Me too. I love. I will
0: never not play the "what if" game.
1: Right. I love it. It's like going online. Actually, I've been playing the "what if" game because two of my friends mm-hmm. are looking to move. Oh. They have children and they need a bigger house and that kind of a thing. Right. Right. And so I've I put their uh, specifications into like a one of those home finding places, like a Redfin or a oh, Zillow yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know those kind of. So for fun, I'm looking, well, I'm looking for them to see if I find anything that they might like, but then just to see what's out there, I just wanted to see like some of the crazy houses. So I put like, like $10 million in there or like 16, just to see
0: if those houses in this area or just just anywhere.
1: Well, just in Los Angeles. I just wanted to see what they were. Right. Dude, they're crazy and also hideous. And also like, even if you had that much money, none of those houses are appealing to me. No. No. But I like to play the what if game, like like when I go for a walk, I'm like, ooh, what if this were my house? Or as Alice and I drive home from school, we go through neighborhoods and I'm like, okay, you got to pick out one house on this block, which house do you want? Mm-hmm. Or when I'm on an airplane, my sister and I used to do this all the time when we were little, we'd get that little Sky Miles magazine
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, uh, and they have that like shopping
0: thing yes sky shop Which, sky no, air. Um, uh, it sky mall and it doesn't exist anymore right, it, it exist. went out of business but
1: my sister and i used to sit next to each other on flights and we would entertain ourselves we'd open up a page on the sky mall and mm-hmm. we'd be like you get one on each page what do you get
0: oh you get gotta- and
1: and you had to point to the thing you wanted and then mm-hmm. it was like well if i point to it first does that mean you can't have it or so it was like kind of a rush to get the thing you wanted.
0: So basically it's like a spotted game. You open the page and scan uh, and get your finger on the thing You're first. Like, I want that. Right. But oh it's, my but God. But it's fun
1: to play. I mean, window shopping is the what if
0: game. Well, yeah, there's that great Dorothy Parker short story. Uh, the three uh, office ladies who were walking along in Manhattan and saying, you know, if, now if, if, if I had a hundred dollars, like what would you get? And they're all like talking about what they would do. And then they see, uh, either, they're either outside of Bergdorf's or Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. So you go, let's go in and look around. So they go inside and then they come out like a minute later going, okay, so if you had a $1,000.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember in the old days when like if you got a present for a friend, it was like, okay, it's their birthday. You know, you get them like a $10 present or a $15 or 20 right. And like you can't really get all that much for t- like a good Lego set.
0: I know It's way
1: more than $20. Well, because they've,
0: well, they've gotten way more elaborate. Right, you, but if you look even over the little there, games, that, even
1: that. the smaller games are pretty expensive.
0: Yeah, well, because they, they um, like a lot of these things, they really wired into the whole collector's uh, market, the whole OCD thing. So they bring out these mini mates, you got to collect them all. And then they, I think they purposely put out a couple, not as many as the others, so that they're harder to get, so they can track the price up. You go on eBay and it's like the prices are insane.
1: All I can say is some of those amazing Legos are so incredible. Like oh, God, Harry Potter's, yeah. um, the school and Diagon Alley and all those things. The
0: detail and elaboration in some of these Lego sets. Or the Lego cafes and they
1: have little food. Is insane. I love it. Anyway, it's imagination is all, you know, a what if game and I love it. Yeah. I love playing it because sometimes <laughs> reality is like, what are we going to do today? I don't know. Let's just sit and imagine today.
0: <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I, I think that's, that's. Uh, a very human thing is to, I, I think, and I forgot where I read this, but every couple of minutes, we either passively or actively try to change our perception of the world to entertain ourselves. Some people do it with drugs, some people do it with what if, some people do it with both, but your mind is constantly looking to change what reality looks like to it, to to keep itself nimble and entertain itself.
1: There are things that people need to do to delight themselves. And when right. there's so many things that are sad or negative, you know. Obviously, we all know, like, oh, my God, the world's terrible, like mm-hmm. global warming and, you know, the the infighting between the Republicans and the Democrats yeah. and uh, poverty and homeless. There's so many terrible things, and you want to f- help all of them. And as you're, like, doing what you can or donating where you can right. or fundraising where you can or spreading the word or volunteering, whatever yeah. you're doing, it's all so much that sometimes in order to just have a nice dinner with someone, you have to be like, okay, well, anyway, but like, it's very upsetting to have those global problems and be like, all right, well, anyway, how was your day at the park? Yeah. It's, but it feels you do weird. have to, or you're not living your life. And I think that's why, and I'm segueing into a topic that I really want to talk about, which is the current Game sweeping the nation. Oh, dear. Everybody on Twitter is playing a new game called Wordle. Yes. And Wordle, if you don't know what it is, it's an online game that... It's
0: basically Mastermind, but with words.
1: Yeah, it's it's the game Mastermind. You have to figure out... Uh, You have to figure out a word yeah, and you get five chances each time. So like you enter the word clean Uh and like the L is the right letter, but in the wrong place. I
0: really appreciate what you're doing right now, but I feel like anyone listening to this will know what Wordle is, but for future generations, please explain Wordle.
1: Well, it's just a game. Yeah. And usually when I play this game, I'm. I feel like I've been pretty lucky to solve it in three or four tries. If you solve it in six tries, you've won. If you can't solve it in six tries, you've lost. Right. So I've been pretty. You
0: have lost though. I have never.
1: I have never lost. Really. I have gotten to six, Mm -hmm. and I've been like, phew, woof. I just pulled that out of nowhere. But the other day, I was at my friend's house, and I was doing Wordle, and I was on number three, and I knew the letters. I knew all the letters. It was like a T and an I and an L and an S. And and I'm looking at this odd combination of letters and I'm like, what word is this? What word is this? They were all in the wrong places, but I had all the letters and I'm, sometimes I look and it's like an immediate thing. Like, oh, of course that's this word, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't get it. And I flashed it to my friend. I was like, see these letters? What, what word do they make? And he goes, uh, splint. And I was like, oh my God, how did I? S P I L N. Nope. It wasn't splint, but what maybe it was split S P I L T. It was split and S P L I T. Yeah. Right. But I had that combination and I couldn't for the life of me figure out as I was looking at it, it was so mixed. It was jumbled that I couldn't get it. And it's amazing how you can look at something and immediately it's so clear to you, Yeah. but other people have such a hard time, like even configuring it sometimes, like sometimes your brain is not in that mode.
0: It's the same thing as when you're looking for something and you've been looking for a while and you, because you still have the object fixed in your eye, maybe you can't even see it anymore. And that's why you go, Hey, could you just look on this shelf and tell me if you see, like, it could be oh, right exactly. in front of you, but you exactly. don't. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's when you're looking for, I, literally I was on the phone the other day and I was talking to my friend and she's like, do you want to come over? I was like, I do want to come over, but I cannot find my cell phone and I'm holding it going, <laughs> where did I leave it? Where did, and I'm literally holding it.
0: Yeah. We were actually about, on
1: Facetime, and she yeah, goes, "You're holding. You're it.
0: holding your phone." Yeah, you you, you get that weird blindness, uh, and well, it's the same. I was I was writing this morning with my writing partner, and there are certain scenes where one of us can't crack it, and the other one because they come at it fresco. If you just cut out these first three lines of dialogue and lose the last five, that's the scene right there. That's and the why. Goes, it's oh, so, there it is. Yeah, you're right.
1: That's why it's so wonderful to have a writing partner. Yeah, I love my writing partner. Very good. Um, but I do love the fact that uh, there are fun distractions to have. And you got me into uh, crosswords because you always do the main New York Times Every crossword. Day. I love it. You got me into the mini crossword, mm-hmm. which is only five letters or- sm- It's a
0: grid five by five.
1: It's pretty fabulous. Mm-hmm. So I'm super into that. Uh, the New York Times also on their app has a game called Tiles, which I'm super into. <laughs> you and I love playing backgammon. We're so- Duolingo's not a game, but it- in a way kind of is, because you're- I
0: love Duolingo. So
1: anyway, there are fun games. Um, There are lots of fun distractions. And right now, we're going to take a quick distraction, (laughs) and we will be right back.
0: Nice segue. So I texted you a picture. I've actually texted this to a lot of people this week. Which one? Uh, Well, it's a picture of a cut-up T-shirt with a very stylized creature from the Black Lagoon design on it. It's like a purple mauve shirt. And the creature's mauve? face- Mauve? Is it mauve or mauve?
1: Dude, often I'm right with pronunciations mm-hmm. with you. I think it's mauve, honey. Okay. But maybe people say mauve. I don't know.
0: Uh, mauve. 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 Mauve? Anyway, a friend of ours uh, had a heart attack uh, a couple months ago. And this, the paramedics- Died
1: or survived? Survived. He's oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah, you know, we, we know him. It's our friend, Chris. Oh. Had a heart oh, attack. Oh, yes, yes. And the paramedics came, and they had to cut this T-shirt off of him. And it's one of his favorite T-shirts. He loves the design. And so it's cut up, but, I mean, it's still assemblable. So I've been sending this image out to all my all my nerd friends, like, who is the designer? To see if you can find it? Because um, his wife wants to get him a fresh one. And so what I was saying to her was... I will definitely track this down. My nerd network will find out exactly who designed this shirt. We'll oh, get it on the Oh, you should post run. it
1: on Instagram and everybody can help you look.
0: I'm sure they will. But okay. um, uh, what I also told her, because she's an amazing seamstress and actually has designed, has done trunk shows for um, clothing and um, uh, napkins and stuff. She designs really cool housewares. Um and because she's such a good sewer, I said you should sew that shirt back up, even if the oh yeah, even if the seams are Frankenstein visible. seams. Well, yeah, Frankenstein seams. It's but like also the Nightmare
1: Before Christmas, Sally.
0: Make it a symbolic. I, I told her this is yeah. this is this is the nerd um, path I went down to get to this conclusion. I said in the Lord of the Rings, Aragorn, the Vito Morganson character. Oh dear lord. He wields a sword that was it's called the sword that was broken. It was broken in battle, then it was mended, and that's what gives it its power. It shows you that even though you break, you can be mended and become even stronger. So I said, you should do this with his shirt. Even though he was symbolically cut open and kind of laid bare, he can be re-sewn and made even stronger and work even better. And she's like, I'm absolutely going to do that. Yeah, so we're it gonna- now has a
1: story behind it Give too. him
0: the fresh shirt, but then also give him the mended shirt, which Amazing. even if he doesn't wear it, keep it as a symbol. I remember, you know, my dad got um, shot in the leg in Vietnam, and and I think he still had the bullet somewhere. And I said, you should take that to a, you should have taken that to like a jeweler or a metalsmith and had like a ring made out of it. Like this was the bullet that tried to kill me, and it wow, didn't, and I now wear it.
1: Actually, that's a great idea. That would idea. be really,
0: really symbolic. So that kind of, I, I'm I'm always into those like symbolic things of like that's the thing.
1: Well, in Japanese culture, there's a word, and it's called kintsugi, mm-hmm. and basically, it's an art form that takes broken ceramics, mm-hmm. and glues them back together with gold. And so right. you see these beautiful vases that have cracks of gold, and it makes the original artwork even more beautiful because of its flaws. Right. And I love that. And and it's a symbolic thing for humanity. Um, yeah. People go through things, and they get stronger, and they learn from their mistakes. I mean, it would be nice if our history could learn from its mistakes <laughs> yeah. and not make the same mistakes. Yeah. And You know, but- it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. And I'm into, I'm into like, it's weird that that is as, as kind of agnostic and atheistic as I can be in terms of spirituality. I am very much into symbolic representations of especially overcoming uh, stuff, healing, that kind of thing. I really, really like that. So
1: I do too. And I just want to go off what you were saying about your group of nerd friends. (laughs) But before we get to them, you were saying something about a sword from D&D. What is it?
0: Uh, It's from the the novels Lord of the Rings. Oh, Lord of the the Rings. The sword that was broken.
1: Well, the other day I texted you a photograph of Uh this huge um, curio cabinet or uh, what do you call them? Shelves with glass over them. Uh, Yeah. And my friend, who's a huge D&D nerd... Mm -hmm. um, he has this incredible, insane collection of those little figures, and he paints them all so beautifully and intricately. And I texted it to you, and you wrote back, "He's got everything: Grenadier, Warhammer, Rolf Potha. Wow!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Literally, there were thousands, and it was—they were so tiny, and it was in the. How did you even spot those characters?
0: Because some of them, the, each of those um, manufacturers had a had a. Kind of a look and a feel to them. They had they they had in house sculptures that had a real personalities and and the really deep Dungeons and Dragons nerds can go. That's a Rao Partha figure. That's a Grenadier figure. Oh, are
1: those designers?
0: Those are designers. Oh, yeah, I those thought are, they were characters.
1: Like, like no, no, no. It no, sounds like are, a Star Wars character, Ralph Partha.
0: No, no. Those are design houses.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Gren- Grenadier.
0: Grenadier was one of the first people that that made lead figures for Dungeons and & Dragons. And for, for tabletop wargaming, even before Dungeons & Dragons, there were always lead figurines because it started off with people refighting Napoleonic Wars, uh, the Civil War, all in miniatures. And you would, you know, work out war systems, and then it just turned into fantasy figures.
1: Well, I over time, have sort of learned more about Dungeons & Dragons being married to you. <laughs> yeah. um, and I know you do play with um, your big group of nerd friends. Mm-hmm. And I was so flipping honored to be invited <laughs> on one of your nerd friends Dungeons & Dragons game.
0: Our friend Brian Posehn and a bunch of our friends, uh, Blaine Capach and Ken Daly, and, um, have an amazing podcast called Nerd Poker, where they do a um, a recorded Dungeons and Dragons game, and it's it's done very tongue-in-cheek, even though they are f- absolutely following uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons rules, but it gets really hilarious.
1: So I had never played before, and I was so excited to see what it I don't even know how it works. I don't know how it goes. I don't know what it is. Right. Um, and so prior to the game being played, I guess in Dungeons and Dragons, you need to have a character. Like, everybody plays their own character.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: And in order to figure out your character, you can't just sit there and go, oh, I want to be Petunia and I want my... You can't do that. You can't just sit there by yourself and do it. You need someone to sort of guide you along. You have to mm-hmm. roll certain dice.
0: And you're at the mercy of the dice that you roll sometimes. Exactly. You don't know what you're going to get.
1: So I have never played before. And he said, um, well, let's roll things up for you. And I ended up being a half elf who was a ranger
0: mm-hmm. to
1: the power of 11. 11th power? What was that, baby? What was that?
0: Uh, You were 11th level.
1: Oh, 11th level. And... I got a moon-kissed long sword, and that provided me with some very raunchy comedy fodder. Yes, you I did. Would, uh, that was funny. Yeah. But I'd never played before, and I said, okay, guys, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and Brian Posehn was like, you know how to improv, don't you? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, that's what this is. That's all you're doing is improv So improving. basically, the guys get into the mode of their character. Like, some people are actually doing the voices like, oh. I am so-and-so, and I well, enter the- Well, our,
0: our friend Chris, who ha- the, the man who survived well, the heart attack- he's a fabulous actor, by the way. He's a genius. Genius improviser and actor and was in...
1: Character the whole time. The
0: entire time. And now... It was brilliant.
1: I would have been happy to stay in character, but I was kind of like, I don't know how to play this game. I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But apparently, the way they set up the game and the way the dice got rolled, somehow I ended up being someone who had to be very participatory in this game.
0: Well, because you were... This was taking place in a wooded setting and you're a ranger. Rangers have outdoor tracking skills, have woodsman skills. So over, so, time, yeah. so
1: over time, as I'm watching the other characters be themselves, there was a girl playing and she kept coming up with these like random things that maybe you could do. Like, there's a giant. Should we walk up to his eyeball and see if he's sleeping? And I was like, oh, you can just do whatever you want. And yeah. and he said, well, roll your perception and roll your this and roll your that and see if you're strong enough to go mm-hmm. do that. So then I was just sort of throwing things out Yeah. because I didn't know. And so I was just throwing things out and during the time you texted me, you go, you are adorable. And I wrote back, because I'm being terrible right now? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, you're adorable, you're so dumb, you don't know what you're doing. Or, oh, you're adorable, you're actually really playing the game and into you it. You're
0: playing the game, but also you're supposed to stick with your character. So your character, and, and it was, I found this to be, I it was, this was so charming. You rolled up a ranger with not, not the strongest... Not the smartest, maybe not the best dexterity, but but 17 charisma. So just this really hot looking (laughs) character that's like, I'm not the best at this. And Sarah playing the character that she was playing was some male wizard a little bit of a lech what did she like swooped you up in her arms and teleported (laughs) you away it was just it was so funny
1: it was so when we were rolling up the character he's like what color hair do you want i was like pink of course (laughs) and what where do you want to put your most points in strength or in this or in that i'm like charisma because not only you know i want to be a charismatic character you want to be hot i don't want to be charisma is not hotness honey charisma is is energy
0: well, it's, and the reason it's, it's, I chose it's,
1: it was because with, it's
0: visual appeal and also influence.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah. So I thought with charisma, if you come across a giant or something <laughs> like that, you can like use your logic with them if mm-hmm. they're not dumb giants. If they're <laughs> giants who can, anyway. Right. My point is, I wanted charisma. Yeah. And I boy,
0: did you get it?
1: Right. So anyway, I had the best time. It was so cool. It's going to be on Nerd Poker. I don't know when he releases that I thing. I think it'll drop. But a Patton, of weeks. I wanted. Um, you to tell me about how you started playing when you were little, and was it like Stranger Things? Like, what do you do? Do you collect all your friends at school, and you're like, hey, do you like Dungeons and Dragons, or how does it work? How do you...
0: Dungeons and Dragons. And are kids
1: too embarrassed to play, or it's, you know, you gotta be out there. I
0: mean, it was it was a little bit embarrassing when it first started, um, although it, it, it was a craze. It no, swept- I don't mean...
1: I don't mean embarrassing like, oh, that's embarrassing you play Dungeons & Dragons. I mean like embarrassing because you're sitting in a circle with five people or whoever, how Mm -hmm. many people, and you have to be like, I am Lord Elf from the realm and I'm going to go on this walk. No,
0: we were all theatrical little nerds. We loved doing that stuff and we would always... um, uh, uh, It it was weird how... First, Dungeons & Dragons popped up in the early 80s, swept the suburbs. All these little kids... Uh, in their uh, parents' dining rooms or basements, playing Dungeons and Dragons, rolling dice, having adventures. Then there was a Dungeons and Dragons club at the school. We would get together after school in the cafeteria, just people Did you roll up a character
1: and stay with that character forever, or did you try a different character? I had
0: two characters I stayed with for a long time. The first one was a thief named Raphael. <laughs> and then there was a hat. Then when I was in high school and I was kind of like cool. sullen, I would know I wasn't cool. I was like this sullen. Punk, bad acne, um, oh, uh, head headgear.
1: I would have loved. I to leave rolled even up. Then.
0: I rolled up a half-orc assassin Ooh. named Ulvac, who was chaotic <laughs> evil, and I was I wanted to play this anti-hero that was all about, because my group was all into dark anti-heroes, so we would all play, one of my friends was a necromancer, one of my friends oh my was gosh. a fallen priest, oh, yeah. and we would go on these evil adventures. There were no
1: celestial girls playing with you, half-elf girls um, with lots of There were a of couple charisma. of girls,
0: but we, they- Did you,
1: because i I noticed a lot of- Nerd girls are smoking hot. I know, it's like, ridiculous. Like my friend Claire, she's married to Seth Green, and mm-hmm. they're all super nerdy and they love all kinds of dress-up games, you know, yeah, just they're yeah, yeah. fun people. Yeah,
0: cosplay and, and cosplay, and, all that
1: cosplay stuff. and they just they play card games and they play they always have people over, and it's mm-hmm. just always fun at their house. Um, but Claire is one of the nerdiest people, like game-wise. Yeah. She's so smoking hot. And I always think it's so dumb when people are like, oh, they're not in your league. Literally, I see more cute little nerd guys with hot
0: girls. Well, it's, really it's not, not that she's of- – it's not that she's – it's this hot girl with a nerdy guy. It's a—it's someone who absolutely embraces her interests and goes into them.
1: Exactly. 100%,
0: which, which makes anyone more beautiful or handsome. If you are really into what you're doing, Correct. then you're amazingly attractive. So, Seth – who, by the way, is a very attractive guy, Seth but he's is a also babe. super into what he's doing, and that makes him well, so attractive. And he's
1: like the most intelligent and the most yeah, creative yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the billions of things he is. but but Claire is legit hot, not just because she's into yeah. what she's doing, she's just smoking hot. Yeah. but so anyway, that's why I'm asking do you have, did you have any cute girls who were playing with you?
0: Not really because oh. back then it was basically a boy's thing it, and maybe it, the, and then it
1: maybe girls didn't realize how charming and personable you people are.
0: Yeah, and also I think a lot of them realize later, for some reason.
1: Again, when I say you people, I mean you dorky nerds. <laughs> yeah,
0: but also when you look back at the way things were. Meanwhile, in the 80s, I'm a nerd
1: too because I love what I love. Like anyone who's totally into what they want yeah. is a nerd. You're a or nerd a geek. for anything. Yeah, if you're I a just nerd think for... that
0: sports fans are just sports nerds. Of course, it's a different form of nerd. It's it, nerd you are. just
1: means you're passionate. Exactly, I love it.
0: But back then in the in the 80s, unfortunately, there was so many strong demarcation lines between what males and females did. And it was so ridiculous. And luckily now you're seeing that those lines are just gone. A a guy, some troll like wrote to me on Instagram last night uh, and he just wrote, uh, you're gay. And I wrote back, I said, look, dude, gay isn't even an insult anymore. Like you're so dumb right now. You're the, this, you're the equivalent of like, well, my grandmother heard that I was into hip hop when I was a teenager. So she got me, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On album, which is a great album, but it's not, she just doesn't know what's going on anymore. Like you've got to, and then we ended up having this really nice conversation. She's like, I didn't think you would write me back. I was like, well, look, I've just, you, you got to like. Isn't
1: interesting? I've gotten so many kind of mean tweets at, mm-hmm. or DMs or whatever. And somebody asked me a question they were trying to be like, sparking a fight mm-hmm. they were like why'd you write that Did you think this this and this and I was like well actually I did and then I said that's a good that's a good point actually and then I just and and then at the end he was like you're such an idiot at the beginning and at the end he's like well I've been a fan of yours for a long I was like oh my god they really just want to interact
0: yeah and and I was and I was like I just and I ended it with going hey I'm uh I'm glad we had this conversation. I just want better trolls. (laughs) I I just want a better class of troll. I think I deserve it. And then he goes, I will try harder, LOL. So we're like kind of laughing about it. That's funny. You
1: do that a lot because there was a guy who was so evil to you. He said something terrible online and you were just like, I want to see what this guy's all about. And you looked at his page and you saw that he was sick or something and that he had to go fund me. Who knows if that's true or not because he was not a very nice person. But anyway, um, Instead of saying you're an asshole too or whatever, you actually gave him five thousand dollars. No, no, I didn't
0: give him money. I, you went
1: to his GoFundMe.
0: I, I and then you promoted him, signal boosted the GoFundMe, and got him to the goal he needed. So right,
1: that he could but get also better. you gave that, and I know you did because I was like, "What's this charge for?" <laughs> oh the- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's incredibly nice of you. But no, you also have to be aware. Like, there are definitely people who are so mean and they put up GoFundMe's. Oh, I know. And it's all a scam and whatever. But anyway. Yeah. uh, No, it would just be nice if people could just be nice because underneath your meanness is actually a conversation waiting to happen.
0: But also, it's uh, because online, I've, I've had hecklers at clubs that I've argued with, and then after the show, we just stand there by the bar and talk, and he's like, oh, I was. Yeah, that that kind of pissed me off. I'm like, okay, like, maybe... I don't really know where this is going. Let's take a pause because I'm making myself sad. Yeah, let's take a break
1: and we'll be right back. Hey, party people, welcome back.
0: (laughs) Party people.
1: Hey, party people who are doing their laundry and driving. Doing their laundry, yeah.
0: (laughs) We don't need no fire. Let the motherfucker burn, yo. Um...
1: So many birthdays have just happened. Mm-hmm. Jesus had his birthday in December.
0: Jesus had his birthday. I, I got the um, Evite, but I don't like Dave and Buster's, so oh. I, I, I said no. My grandma, too loud. My too grandma loud.
1: turned 100 Damn. on January 8th.
0: Damn.
1: We got her a little crown and a sash and flowers, <laughs> <laughs> and she was very happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Martin Luther King just had a birthday.
0: Yes, he did. And every and and all the worst people on the planet misquoted him.
1: Well, what I find so fascinating
0: that's that's the great thing about Jesus and MLK is well, they basically spent their whole lives going, "That's not what I meant." I did, no, you're you get you got it wrong. Well,
1: this is exactly what I was I was bringing this up because because every Republican touts Jesus as I follow Jesus, I do this, and literally Jesus would never do the things that these people. No. They're exclusionary. Yeah, they're they're non-helpful. They. Uh, anyway. They always
0: skip over that the 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 point in the Bible uh when the Pharisees, I think they're in um Canaan, and they're they're talking about how much they love Jesus and and they're judging people and yelling at people, the Pharisees, and then Jesus literally walks by them and they go, Oh, and they run up to him like fangirls, and he just says, I don't know you. Well, <gasps> like you're not my fans, you're getting this wrong Get oh, yeah, the I've fuck seen away. That. From I've me. seen that. It's such a great little moment.
1: That's true. And all the Republicans who are like, we should honor Martin Luther. Right now, they just wrote all these things. Everybody's quoting him and saying we should honor him. And they're literally legislating for the opposite of everything he would do, especially on voting rights. And even some of the cinema and mansion, I mean, my Lord, they don't follow. They are Republicans in
0: in sheep's clothing. She just got censured by the... um uh, the Arizona House, I believe. No, the House Democrats just censured her, so good.
1: Well, it's just shocking to me that all of these people who are honoring Martin Luther King and who, I mean, everybody should. But they are literally, the, the legislation against voting rights that the Republicans are trying to establish and which the gerrymandering and the removal of postal sorting machines and preventing mail-in voting and only allowing um, short windows to vote and removing early voting, th- this affects low-income areas in an inordinately large way. Mm-hmm. To keep the majority of voters away from the polls, just yeah. to keep the Republicans in office.
0: They're doing stuff that was sweaty and obvious back in the early '60s when, um, you know, people didn't didn't really understand the danger of that. There, it, it, it's so weird for them to be. Bring, it's like with someone bringing back old. Carney mind-reading nonsense where you're like, oh, I thought people, oh, there's a new generation that doesn't know how this works, and that's what they're banking on.
1: Um, Well, in honor of Jesus's birthday <laughs> and Martin Luther King and the values that they actually stood for mm-hmm. and the fight, well, did Jesus fight? Yeah, He's well, just he sort of spreading the word. He
0: wrecked up the moneylenders in the temple, what? went in there with a scourge and a whip and was knocking over tables and screaming at people. I didn't know that. The, the whole the scene in the temple when he when he runs out the, the money changers the scene in the temple when he he caused the scene he went, that was one of the reasons that um the 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 Jewish leaders that the the high Jewish leaders went to Pontius Pilate and went this guy is is causing too much trouble
1: oh well jesus is awesome mm-hmm. but um what can you do against these people who are so fake and phony you can Right now, tell your senators to pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Call them, leave messages, write them letters. Make sure all of your friends vote in the midterms. There is, our literal democracy is at stake. And I'm sorry, I'm taking a rant here, but I have to. Mm -hmm. Because this is serious. To prevent people from voting. What is voting? It's democracy. What is democracy? It's having the people tell you what matters the most to the majority of them. Mm -hmm. And to be against and to prohibit and make it harder for people to vote is literally being against democracy itself. And what is America? America is democracy. That's why we did this. That's what this whole thing was about. And so for anyone to say they're a patriot, patriot means to love your country and to see people actually trying to prevent people from voting. You realize even the Republicans in low-income areas are going to have trouble getting to the polls. And to prevent them, too, from getting to the polls and saying, yes, we want health care. Yes, we want better schools. Yes, we want our roads and bridges fixed. Yes, we want infrastructure that will have Wi-Fi so our kids can go to school if there's another flipping pandemic. This is for the Republicans and the Dem. This is for democracy, for the people. And I'm just sick to my stomach that We allow these politicians right now to just be against the Voting Rights Act, and we allow that? That is literally traitorous. It is literally against the foundation of this country. I'm so fucking pissed about it. It is the only thing that is going to save us. People have to vote. They have to get to the polls. They have to vote. And the most important thing to fight for right now is the Voting Rights Act and access to polls. And... I mean, God, if we could fix Jerry, they're so redistricting. If we could fix all that, mm-hmm. there's so many things. But the most important thing, the thing everybody can do is to vote and to make sure their friends vote. And I'm sorry I got on this huge ramp, but dear fucking God, it's unbelievable. Martin Luther King stood for something. Jesus stood for something. The goodness. And I just want to cry. I just really want to cry. I will try not to (laughs) because I'm trying to make this fun and funny and tell people how serious it is. You
0: want to take a break?
1: I don't want to take a break. I want to say something that I wanted to say. Okay, go ahead. What I was going to say was... Jesus' birthday was December, Martin Luther King's was recently, my grandma turned 100, Mm -hmm. and you, my darling, have a birthday coming up in a couple days.
0: I'll be turning 107. (laughs) You won't. I'll be 53.
1: And the truth is, and we talked about this before, when you've been married this long or when you're this old, you know, and a boring old, like 53 is boring. It's not like your 50th birthday, and it's not your 55th, and it's not your 60th. No. The only birthdays people should really do go all out for are kids from the age of one to like.
0: Well, sweetie, I do a whole bit called You're Only Allowed 20 Birthdays. Have you ever heard that one?
1: You were the comedian who did that? Yes. Oh, my God. Patton, I love that bit. <laughs> mine. I. That's fucking brilliant. Tell, also, uh, tell also, everybody what you say. Well,
0: I mean, I'm not going to go through well, the whole bit. Well, just basically. there's only about 20 birthdays that actually mean anything. Right. Um. You know, one through 10, you get a really little kid. You know, and then uh, 11 and 12, no birthday. Get used to some disappointment. You're you're ready for some <laughs> disappointment. 13, oh, you're a teenager. That's new. Okay. Birthday. Uh, 14, 15, nothing. 16, you can drive now. You get a birthday. Woohoo. 17, nothing. Right. 18, you can vote. Yes. And you can own a gun. Oy. You should celebrate that birthday by shooting a ballot with a gun. Boom. <laughs> no. 19, you get a birthday. Last year as a teenager. That's your last year. That's the last year that a guy with a yacht will want to marry you. <gasps> uh, 20, uh, yes, at the beginning of any new sets of 10. Of course. 23, you get yeah. a birthday. 21st, you get an amazing birthday. you're drinking now, baby. you can drink, man. 22 through 29? Nothing. Nothing. Get up, go to work.
1: 30, big I don't big care. One, big birthday.
0: 30, 40, 50, 60. You just get one every 10 years. Right. Until you turn, then I go, until you turn 90. When you turn, if you can make it to 90, every year yeah. after 90. You get a birthday. One you don't get a birthday just one law doesn't apply to you anymore
1: so when you hit 90
0: but it starts off small 90 you can litter you can when you're 90 you can just throw things on the ground and no one can say anything oh
1: that poor old man dropped that let me get that for you
0: by the time you're 95 you can anything that you can get out of a store or someone's house or car and if you can get it back into your house it belongs to you (laughs)
1: Well, right, you, but, but you, you have, have
0: to be able to carry it. You can't put it in your car. You can't load it onto and a nobody truck. nobody can wheelchair it's whatever you with you can, it. You've got it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go, if you can make it to 100, which your grandma just did, you are allowed to commit murder. You can <laughs> murder anyone. <laughs> and my reasoning is, if you, if a hundred-year-old person is trying to murder you, and you can't stop them. You don't deserve to live.
1: Correct. And if a hundred-year-old person wants to murder you, there's probably mm-hmm. a really good reason.
0: And then if you make it, to, I think I go. If you make it to 120, you're the president. <laughs> and and I just no. go. But it's a whole thing. So so this anyway, year that's
1: funny. So anyway, you're I'm turning, turning 53.
0: Not only am I turning, listen to this. I'm turning 53 on a Thursday. <laughs> that you, I could not be having a less important birthday if I tried. It does not matter. I don't want any presents. I want to have a a glass of wine that I really like and watch a movie and uh, maybe eat a pizza and I'm happy. I I want nothing special to go down. Well,
1: that's sort of how I felt about our fourth year anniversary. It's sort of like... I mean, maybe you're supposed to. We celebrate. both gave up. We we were like, uh, w- w-
0: what, what is it again? We flowers actually, and fruit? I don't know. We we're like, uh.
1: And then at six o'clock at night, I was like, you want to go on an adventure with me? <laughs> and we went to Popeye's Chicken and we got Popeye's fried right. chicken, which was delicious and just the thing I wanted, actually.
0: Yeah. But I think wedding anniversary should be the same way. Yeah. First one, absolutely. Fifth one, yay. Ten- but like seventh, eighth, oh what? Well,
1: Who I cares? don't know. There's that myth about the seven-year itch, so maybe you should celebrate the seventh. That feels
0: like that was made up by ad. Ad copywriters in the in the early fifties during the Mad Men era that just that doesn't feel real. Well, I don't it feels know. Feels like Valentine's Day, like invented by a greeting card company. <laughs> You're
1: right; it kind of does. But I wonder statistically if around seven years of marriage people get divorced.
0: I think I think flower delivery companies made up the seven year itch. So like, get something for your mistress. It's yeah. Time to go <gasps> fuck around your wife. Oh
1: my god, get yeah, something for your mistress. Get something
0: for your mistress. Get something for Fungelico, the the pool boy.
1: And <laughs> get something for my boyfriend. <laughs> get I'm him some an-
0: get him some ankle weights. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the yeah the whole I just. Turning, there is, is there anything less special than the phrase turning 53 on a Thursday? There's nothing. It is, it is a non-birthday. Well, since you just. No one had better wish me any. I I want, just for that day, I want IMDB to delete my listing (gasps) just for that day and then come back the next day. Like he didn't even have a birthday. No one cared. No. Yes.
1: Well, okay, fine. So that makes it easy on me because baby, your birthday's coming up and I got nothing for good,
0: you. Good. I'm going to open a bottle of wine, uh, either get some Chinese food or What a if pizza I torture
1: and... you? <laughs> Instead of not giving you something, what if I actually like do everything you hate?
0: Oh, <laughs> that would drive me nuts. No, don't do that. Okay. Please. You
1: know, you don't hate a lot of stuff. No. I'll just nag you all
0: day long. Yeah. Put the sink, put the sponge, get the what sponge out I, of the I, sink. What did I do for my 50th? I don't think I did anything too Are crazy for that. Are you flipping kidding, dude? Oh, no, no. We did that screening we're no, screening the- for your
1: best friends a movie and there was yes. a parking lot outside and you have a whole food
0: trucks that's right
1: yeah you have a bit in mm-hmm. one of your in one of your stand up shows
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you're like you never thought at 50 you'd be honey what's your bit I <laughs>
0: Which one are you talking about? I don't know. You
1: extra, it's like back in the You said you're in the wrong era. You should have been living in the 50s. When, yes. When you turn 50, they give you a cigar and a newspaper and some slippers. You
0: can sit down.
1: And you can sit down and you're fine. But now it's like here... Uh, they get you a mountain bike and say, yeah. here's your... Here's happy 50th birthday. Here's your, here's mountain, your mountain bike, bike you,
0: si-. you silver fox. Get out there. Right. Like, That's what? what you said. No, I
1: just want to sit down. You said, here's your mountain bike, you silver fox. <laughs> get out there. So for your 50th birthday... We had a screening for your friends yeah. at a theater. And before the movie started, I got up in front and I gave a little speech about how amazing you are. And then I said, and now that you're 50, and I had a friend wheel out the mountain bike that I bought you. Here's your mountain bike, you silver fox. Happy 50th <laughs> birthday. And then you went out in the parking lot and you rode it around and it was super cute.
0: It was really, really fun.
1: Yeah. I loved it. So 53, nothing, buddy.
0: No. And I, I'm, I'm demanding nothing. Oh thank God. Yeah.
1: That what you just did is my heaven. Like when I go to a friend's house and they're cooking and they're like, and I'm like, Can I do anything to help you? And they're like, No, no, no. Sit down. I'm like, Oh, thank God.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna do it.
1: I don't wanna do Tell it. Tell me not to. Um Hey Patton,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: other day you texted me mm-hmm. and said, Do you wanna go on a walk with me? And you put yes. a question mark. Yes. And I had just sat down after working <laughs> such for such, like, a long day at the computer, and I just wanted to, like, lay back and just, like, sit in my bed and right, read or right. just not do anything and just pet my cat. I get it. And then you came upstairs, and you said, are you sure? And I was like, you know what? Let's go. And I threw on my clothes, and we went outside, and it was so nice. It was such a nice walk and we were in the fresh air and it felt like remember at the beginning of covid when we did that every day with alice
0: <laughs> oh boy that didn't last we, but yeah, we like tried at the very
1: beginning of covid to keep we were our like, sanity we're like well we're stuck here forever the only thing we can do is go for a walk we can't go anywhere we can't do it so the three of us would go on walks mm-hmm. and it was really nice yeah and i really liked that and so the other day when we went on that walk i was like wow mm-hmm. i like this
0: okay that's it. Now it's time for did you get our picks? Tell me what
1: we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> so, the other day was beautiful, and um, then I came home, and I have a recommendation for everybody. Oh my
0: God, Meredith's picks.
1: Normally it's Patton's picks, and I chime in occasionally,
0: mm-hmm. but I
1: really do have a great pick. All right. There is a new show right now called Abbott Elementary. And it is created by this beautiful girl. Her name is Quinta Brunson. She's a writer, a producer, and an actor. And it's just the best show about education. And um, it it takes place in a low-income public school. And it it really, it's funny, but it's also hard. Anyway, I love it so much. Um, And the latest episode was about um, teachers who have a a list of things they need for their school.
0: Yep, Amazon list.
1: Yeah, they have a wish list. Yeah. And there's um the whole episode was about helping teachers try to and and first of all, it's incredibly sad because God forbid they're provided with the equipment that they need. Right. Um, and that teachers have to go and ask their friends or pay from their own pockets, which they can hardly afford because they don't get paid enough. That's um But anyway, there's an episode about that, and I loved it because I thought, yay, that is something we can all do. There is, if you, like, scroll on Twitter, there's the hashtag, oh, yeah. like, clear the list. Yeah. And if you click on that, you'll find teachers. Or you. I think there are places you can go look to help teachers. But anyway, that's a – if you literally have $10 to just even get some sort of school supply for a teacher, I don't know. I think it's, like, a really nice thing to do.
0: Yeah. Just every couple uh, – if you can do it every couple of weeks, just go and buy a few items. It It. it really
1: – Well, that that's a lot.
0: I'm saying if you can.
1: Right. Obviously. And one other thing I thought is a great idea. Uh, you know how every now and then people are like, could you donate to this or could you donate to that? Or a friend asks you, um, or, you know, maybe it's people you don't know. Maybe you don't know anybody. Maybe these aren't your causes, but it's Mm -hmm. a nice thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody has $10. Everybody has $10 that throughout the year say you're going to give a dollar to everything that sparks your interest a dollar to this thing a dollar to that thing and you will have given a dollar to 10 different things if everybody did that it's just like saying if all my followers donated $1 to this right and $1 means nothing to everyone honestly yeah. I mean unless you're a homeless person you mm-hmm. you everyone has a dollar to spare and you could give it to some sort of charity that needs help or anything that sparks your interest to go fund me, somebody's health, whatever, a dollar. If everybody's friend gave a dollar, it would really help a lot. All right. Anyway, what are your picks, Patton?
0: Picks? Well, I just saw Joel Cohen's, the tragedy of Macbeth. It's the first Cohen brothers movie that isn't made by the brothers. It's just made by Joel. Ethan doesn't want to make movies anymore. So Joel, adapted the tragedy of Macbeth and it's got um uh it's 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 as amazing as I thought it was going to be Francis McDormand Denzel Washington acting their asses off um a cast of just um English ringers killing it uh, uh it was also nice to see um young Jacob McCarthy who was one of the students in the Uh, First uh, couple seasons of AP Bio playing um, a messenger, and he gets yelled at by Denzel in the scene. So he must have been really happy. Yeah. Uh, Also, this woman, Catherine Hunter, plays all three of the witches, and she is this weird contortionist, but also uh, this incredible actress, and she is so genuinely terrifying. And the way that, I won't spoil it, but the way that Joel stages the famous. Uh, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble scene, uh, you know, a fire burning cauldron bubble. Uh, the, he does it in such a crazy, epic way. And the way that uh, Catherine does those lines, uh, just, I was stunned. It, it, She's worth the price of admission alone. Her first appearance on the battlefield when she's, you know, talking about when the hurly burly's done, and oh man, it's just so highly recommended. Tragedy, and Mac- it's Macbeth with, with Denzel and, and um, Francis. It's great. Books, I'm reading, um, started reading, the- every year I pick a massive classic to go through. This year it's The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexandra Dumas, who wrote Three Musketeers, Man in the Iron Mask. Count of Monte Cristo, massive uh, tale about false imprisonment and then escape and then revenge. I'm only... According to my uh my iBook reader, I am 14% into the reading. The guy has already escaped from prison, hasn't even begun the revenge plot yet. So this this is gonna be it's really yes, it's a it's a massive classic. It's a really fun read.
1: Ooh, I like it.
0: Count of Monte Cristo. Comics. Jeff Lemire, who created Sweet Tooth, who created oh, Black Sweet Hammer, Tooth so good. good. He did a five-issue um book called May's Book. Uh, it's all about grief and how to get over grief and deal with it, and it is absolutely beautiful. It's only five issues. I'm sure the trade paperback will be coming out soon. Um, he wrote it. He did the art. Highly recommended. May's book um, about dealing with grief, just incredible. Uh, and then music. Look, um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I've been bouncing back and forth these past this past month between Bleached and Amy Mann. Um, all of Bleached and Amy Mann's new. Um, album.
1: You can't keep giving the same musical well, recommendations but, but every week. That's not.
0: Hey, well, let me.
1: You can't keep giving. the same Here's why I'm one. saying it
0: because it's really fun when I drive Alice to school. She gets to pick the music. So watching her go deeper and deeper into Amy's new album, Queens of the Summer Hotel, and bleached entire catalog and discuss she's discovering so she discovered a bleached song that I didn't even know about um, called Can You Deal? So there's watching uh, a 12 year old kind of go through their path through music that you already had thought you made up your mind on is a is amazing and really kind of expands your listening. And yes, next episode I will have new stuff, but these these, these things are so good.
1: Um this was a nice episode. It was really sweet. It was an emotional roller coaster.
0: It really was.
1: But you know, sometimes you got to sometimes it boils up in you and you have to let it go. I mean, you have to talk about it and you have to like inform people and anyway, you know what I mean? Sometimes it like gets too much and you just gotta speak the truth of the depth of the thing.
0: It's okay every now and then to embrace the chaos and actually express frustration because if you go too long, just trying to highlight the sunny side of the street, you start to look insane uh, because there are genuinely things
1: scary, dire,
0: to... dire shits about to go down. Yeah, and, and, and
1: there are things we can do about it. And that's the, I think, the brightness of going on a walk with you and the birthday's reminder and all these wonderful things. um, And we can all help. And so anyway, this was a great episode. You guys, thank you so much for being loyal listeners. We love it and we love hearing from you if you want to email us or whatever or leave a voicemail. And um, have a really, really, really great week. Thank you,
0: sweetie. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And you will hear us next next week. week.
1: This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswald.
0: In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At
1: gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show.
0: Starburns Audio. A podcast. A podcast network.